Our second scripture lesson this morning is from Luke's gospel, the eighth chapter, beginning with the 22nd verse. Listen now for God's word. One day Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they put out and while they were sailing, he fell asleep. A windstorm swept down on the lake and the boat was filling with water and they were in danger. They went to him and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're perishing. He woke up, rebuked the wind and the raging waves. They ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? They were afraid and amazed and said to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, the big day has arrived. It's almost here. What we've been waiting on is soon over, and the hour is only a few hours away. And I'm not talking about Super Bowl 53, where the Patriots will win their third Super Bowl in a row. We can discuss that later, I would think. What I'm talking about, though, is the fact that we're poised on the threshold of a new chapter in the life of this congregation. And I want to express my appreciation to you for journeying with us the last few weeks as we've talked about liminal space and we've talked about being in the hallway somewhere between the parking lot and the sanctuary. But we're now at a point where we see the threshold. We see the door. We see the sanctuary. And it's an exciting time in the life and ministry of this church. As I thought about that this past week, you are literally on the threshold of a new chapter and the life and ministry of this congregation. Now, you have probably read this book, Footprints of the Saints, that describes the history of this congregation for the last 200 200 years. It's a great read, and it talks a great deal about all the people that have come before us and that have fashioned and shaped this congregation to where it is. But the point I want to make is now that is that you are now the writers of the next chapter. You are the actors. You're the support staff. You're the backstage crew. You're the makeup artist. You're all the people that will help write the next chapter in this congregation. For no longer will you be reading about what they did. Instead, you'll be seeing what you do. For you are the creators of this next chapter. You are the writers And you are literally the authors. The past few weeks we've talked about what concern is it to you that a new pastor is coming. And have tried to make the point that it is a great concern to you of a new pastor coming. And particularly part of that concern is how you're going to be writing this next chapter of history in the life of this church. We've also talked about expectations of a pastor as well as expectations of the membership in the church. That you will commit yourselves and recommit yourselves to a new era in the life of this church. Amy has decided to uproot her family, three children, husband, and move to Richmond. That's an incredible commitment on her part. It seems to me that we need to make a similar kind of commitment. And I challenge you that from now until Easter, April 21st, you're in worship every Sunday. Sunday school mission activities, programs of the church. Once a month doesn't get it anymore. Twice a month is okay, but not satisfactory. 
So unless you're sick, you need to be here as a way to renew your commitment and to say to Amy, we're in this thing together. Now, all of this is important. All of these are important steps and ingredients for a new fresh start with a new direction, a new future for the church. But there's one final encompassing feature that I think is more important than any of these, and that is simply Jesus. When all is said and done, when all the preparations have been made, when all the grand welcome has occurred, when Amy has settled in, when you realize she does not walk on water, then you come to the realization of why are we here and what are we here about? And we're here about, simply put, Jesus. That's what's happened for the last 207 years, and that's what will happen for the next 207 years. Now, some of us get a little skittish about using the word Jesus twice in the same sentence because it makes us too evangelistic. Well, if that unnerves you, then try the word faith because the question is, where do you put your faith? Where do you put your trust and where do you put your confidence? And I contend that that trust and confidence is in Jesus Christ. No one else. Tell you a story about this Jesus. It seems to me that he and the disciples had gone on a journey. Wanted to go from one side of the lake to the other. So they set sail. He falls asleep on the boat. And as can happen on uh, the Lake Galilee... Storms suddenly arise and the winds start blowing and the water starts coming real fast. And that's what happened to them. To the point that they began to take on water in their ship. To the point that the disciples became scared and anxious. To the point they started hollering at Jesus, wake up, wake up, we're perishing. And so he awakened and he calmed the storm, he calmed the waters, and everything was normal again. And the only question Jesus had to the disciples, where is your faith? Where is your faith? They didn't hear the question. They were so flabbergasted that someone could tell the storm to stop. They didn't hear anything else. But I think that question, where is your faith, is the question before us today. Do you believe that God has led you on what I call a five-year journey to find a new pastor and now he's going to go to sleep on you? Do you think God was not with you during this journey? Do you think that God will not be with you into the future? Hindsight's always clearer than foresight. We all know that. And I think that you'll look in the next few months and years back over this period of time, back over this journey, and you'll be impressed with the way leadership in this church has stepped up to the plate to help lead this church forward into a new future. You'll be impressed with the fact that we made pledges higher in 2019 than 18. Even with the fewer number of pledges, it meant that people were more committed because they pledged more. And this past week, some $5,000 in new pledges came in, and I think that will only continue. When you look at the work in the Sunday school and the youth ministry and the music program as strong as it's ever been, there's a great deal for us to be grateful and thankful this day. So I think the congregation is poised, is ready, and is set 
in order to see what God may have in store for you in the weeks and months and years ahead. Now, one of the things that Amy brings among a lot of gifts is consistency and regularity. There are no more temporary pastors going to be here. There's no more interim pastors going to be here. There's no more short timers going to be here. And with that kind of stability and regularity, you are set to go. But I would be remiss if I didn't repeat to you again the title of the sermon. It is about Jesus. It's been that way for 207 years. It will be that way for 207 more years. And quite simply put, with all due respect, it's not about First Church Richmond. It's not about the membership. It's not about your status. It's not even about Amy Star Redwine. It's about Jesus. And my question is, what is Jesus about? And as the passage from 1 Corinthians was read, Jesus is simply about love. Jesus demonstrating what love was when he accepted people like they are. Zacchaeus, the thieves on the cross, the woman at the well. Jesus demonstrating what love was when he shared the truth in love with people. To the woman at the well, do not sin any longer. To Zacchaeus, salvation has come to your house this day. And to the thieves on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. But Jesus is also a demonstration of blessings in the love that he gave. Raising Lazarus from the dead. Feeding 5,000 people. Welcoming children to come to him when in that society children were worthless. For everything Jesus did... He did in love and with love. And he calls us to follow the very same example, the very same purpose, the very same reason. It's incredibly appropriate, I think, today that we celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper as we stand on the threshold of a new future of this congregation and of our faith to experience all that Jesus went through when his body was broken, when his blood was shed, so that we might be free to be the people of love that he calls us to be. The meal today unites us as a congregation. The meal today nourishes us, our souls and our lives. The meal today sustains us for this next chapter. For everything is ready. All is set. We're on the threshold. We're viewing a new and different chapter in the future. All that's missing is your response to what God has provided for us. It's really your move to take the next step. Let us pray. Eternal God, thank you for the challenge you give us. Thank you for the love that is ours through Jesus Christ. Thank you for the way in which you are preparing us to be faithful disciples. Thank you for the privilege we have to serve you faithfully in all that we are and all that we do. Allow us now as a congregation to respond and to grab that commitment to be faithful disciples in Christ's name.